0: Today's episode is the first part of a two part conversation with Ryan, where he talks about longing for community in the midst of a mental health crisis, how working with young offenders and youth misusing substances opened his eyes to the immensity of God's grace and love, the connection between addiction and generational trauma, and what it was like to start a support group in his church for people living with mental health challenges. This is Through a Glass Darkly, the podcast about following Jesus while living with a mental illness. My guest today is Ryan, a registered psychotherapist who currently works at the Limestone Clinic. I honestly don't remember how I first met him, but I know our paths crossed when we both were working at Ray of Hope in Youth Addiction Services. While working there, I got to see firsthand his passion and love for the youth he was working with, and how his honesty and sense of humor helped the youth to trust him. I also saw how open he was about living with a mental illness, and how that could, at times, act as a bridge that would connect him with the experiences of those he was working with. So I thought he would be a great guest for the podcast, and I'm so happy he agreed to talk with me. Just an aside, what Ryan says here are his own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of either the Limestone Clinic or its employees.
1: Ryan, thank you for joining me tonight. And uh, I'm just going to start. I know what your response is going to be, but I'm going to extend my condolences to you over Germany's uh, poor showing in the Euros this year. Um, not only well, poor showing, but eliminated well, by the mighty three lions of England.
2: I mean, one star. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't won anything like they haven't won anything longer than the Leafs have. Like what
1: I are you know. talking about? I know, a <laughs> Touche. and then they lose in the most English fashion possible. Like yeah, penalty shootout to Italy, of course. Yeah,
2: it was. Uh, I I mean, I really didn't care, um, but there was a part of me yeah. that like I'm, I'm a good thirty four percent English according to twenty three and so. <laughs> Uh, you know, was, I'm 51% German. Though, that's the thing. Right. Uh, so, it's uh, yeah, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Maybe next year.
1: Hmm. Maybe. But I'll say, like, you don't <laughs> rep. You don't rep England jerseys on your Facebook page. Oh, absolutely your, not. No. You no, are. I saw the Deutschland. Oh yeah. Kit that you yeah. were sporting. So there's a bit of love there.
2: There. Oh, absolutely. I mean. My dad's name's Klaus Dieter, like a... Um, oh, okay. Name. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it happened.
1: Yeah, you're right in. You're right in there then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for uh, being here, being a part of this. Appreciate no your time. No problem. I typically just like to start with uh, a general question around what faith looked like when you were growing up. Like, What role did it play in your family, if any, and how you first kind of were introduced to Jesus, those kinds of things. Okay, so is that the question?
2: Yeah, sure. That'll be that'll be
1: the question. Yeah, I generally like to start with that, but I'm going to start with something completely different. No, let's let's start with that.
2: Um, well, I uh, like I grew up going to church um, most of my uh, life, so as I can remember. Um, but apart from that, like going on Sundays and you know Easter and Christmas and stuff, I. It wasn't really like a. it was more of a thing we did i went to awana and, and sparks and stuff like that as a kid but it really was just that um it, it was the thing i did it wasn't until i was in high school where was where i really kind of had a come to jesus moment where i was Um, I was actually working at a Bible camp, and yeah, it was one of those things, like my parents had told me that that summer um, I could either go work at camp, which is what my older sister did, or I could get a job. So (laughs) I decided that there was more of an opportunity to be surrounded by girls at camp than at a job i was going to get so i decided to become a camp counselor
1: which was probably the correct choice based on that criteria
2: yeah essentially essentially as like a 15 year old like raging hormonal boy absolutely so i i i got into camp as a counselor i remember i kind of had to like lie on my because you had to give your testimony Mm -hmm. uh, right which is just you know for people who don't know, that's just a fancy word of your story of how you became a Christian. And I really didn't know what to write. and so i I said something about you know, going to a and going to an altar call or something and saying that's what it was, but I don't know. Um, but it was at it was at this training week at camp, so it was like the week before camp started where I um we went through like bible studies and this is like the first time i've ever really really done a bible study and i really met people who like oh this isn't just like a thing you do this is like a thing that you are Mm -hmm. um and it just kind of you know when i was at camp i was like no like this is it just kind of hit me and i was like oh geez like this is like a real thing and this is like not something that is just about going to it's about being a part of and so it was like i was at i was at camp and i remember i was on the dock one morning i was reading my bible like the first time i have ever done it like in the morning you know the sun was coming up it was just like this you know hallmark moment or whatever <laughs> and and uh i just yeah i was like okay jesus like let's do this I didn't really have the bible talk so it was just like cool it's like I'll follow you I guess <laughs> right yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, the first thing I did was I lied about it to somebody um one of my buddies who was at the camp he's just like he's like hey what's going on I was like I just rededicated my life cuz I was like in mid sentence I was, didn't want to tell him that I just like became a christian I said I just rededicated my life
1: nice so to recap you <laughs> you went to a Bible camp to meet yeah. girls yeah and you like you that. lied about having a conversion <laughs> to experience to get there, and then you yeah, get yeah. there and you meet Jesus instead and actually have a conversion experience, yeah, and I lied about it yeah. and then and then lied <laughs> that's uh I think that's ironic, I think that's actually the definition
2: yeah i I, I, I guess so um. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was a diamond in the rough, I guess. <laughs> yes, yeah. forged
1: forged through thousands of years of high pressure.
2: Yep, exactly.
1: So what, um, from that moment forward, when you look back, what would you say were some of the big changes in your life?
2: Well, one of the biggest things was I was really, really into hockey. And I played it all the time. I was playing fairly competitively. Like I don't think I would have ever made the NHL, right? Uh, but I, um, I, you know, was playing fairly competitively, and so that was the summer going into grade ten. So grade ten, I, I played another year of of uh, rep hockey, and I did the next year. Like I went back to camp that summer, and it was I just decided that I didn't want that. I um, wanted more time with my friends and my, um, my going to youth group um, because I had to miss out on all the things in grade 10 uh, because of my hockey schedule. I was on the ice like three, four times a week. So that ate up my time and I wanted to get into youth group. And so I it was. For me, that was probably one of the biggest things is i I stopped playing competitive hockey hmm. um I still played hockey, but not competitively because I wanted to have more time to go to youth group go to to church go to things like that so i also um when I became the christ- the christian the a christian. christian not the like i'm not that big of a deal but like I switched churches too. Um, That was a big thing. I uh, the church I had grown up going to was in a different town, and I wanted to go to a church where most of my friends went. Since we went to a a church out of town, and we lived like we went to church in Waterloo, and the church like where I grew up was in Elmira, which is just like twenty minutes kind of north of waterloo and um but that's where all my friends from school went that's where I, and a ton of people that i worked with at campland um and it was just church just <laughs> literally down the road i could see it from my house so i just would walk there which was kind of an odd experience because it's a fairly it was at the time fairly conservative church and i just showed up there in like jeans and a t-shirt and Got kind of some funny looks and stuff like that, but hmm. it was like whatever. <laughs> hmm. I'm like, you know, I, I bet I think there were some people who were just like, I know there was like some older people who came up to me and was like, you know what, we're just so glad you're here, and I was like, thanks. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that, but I like being here, I guess. Yeah, like <laughs> I was, I was one of the you know the, the prodigal son, I guess, or something like that. He, um, they just thought I was some project. Yeah, because you were yeah. jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, flip flops and, flip-flops and um, not a not a shirt and tie. And I still don't like that to church, so good. But,
1: <laughs> but your family kept going to the church in Elmira.
2: No, they, no, they went to a church in Waterloo.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. I went to the
2: church. I started you going went to, the to the church, church in, in, Elmira. in Elmira.
1: Okay, but they didn't switch with you. Like you were just kind of going no. on your own. Yeah, it's a pretty big decision for sixteen-year-old.
2: Yeah, well, I was fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, it's even um, bigger than. Yeah. Um, I know my folks. I don't think they were overly happy with either kind of decision of me going to a different church or playing hockey, just because of things they kind of heard about, thing like the church being stuck up and, and stuff like that. You know, they didn't want me to give up hockey and like competitively but i still want like i can't make me play and at that point i was 16 so i was like you can't make me play like Mm -hmm. and this is kind of what i want to do and that's how i've always sort of been Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't don't want to say stubborn um but i get like no i think this is what the best thing to do that's what i do (laughs) right yeah that was that was big like it, one thing I kind of like regret about that time is that, um, I had had some really awesome friends and and people that I like, I played hockey with, um, that we kind of just, I started hanging out with like the church group, right. And I didn't hang out as much with my other buddies and we kind of lost touch and, and stuff like that, but it's 25 years ago. So it's. Mm-hmm. Nothing I can do about it now, but it is something that I sometimes like, like oh, how they're doing there.
1: Okay, so you graduate high school and then what?
2: I worked for a year at um, uh, the Almira District Association of Community Living, um, which is kind of like Christian Horizons, um, working with people with like developmental uh, disabilities and delays, and which was pretty um, eye opening for me. But that was probably one of the real first times that I can remember really getting anxiety, like in a way where I didn't know what was wrong. Mm -hmm. Looking back, I think I, I would get um, lows in like February and stuff like that. And and, um, even as a, as a kid, Um, but like this was one of those times where I was like, you know, I go from high school to camp to like, that was the kind of like the last summer, I think. And then I go into this like full time job, pretty much. Never like I'd worked at McDonald's and stuff like that. and A rink rat a bit, but I never really had like a full time job. And so this is my first time kind of doing that. And I was just working all the time. And I always worked like either like three to 11 or four to 12. And um, so I wasn't able to really like see my friends, like, I, I, and I I got really just like I would go home, like I would go home, I would go to work, and that was kind of my life. Well, I was eighteen, it just didn't seem, and I, I I just noticed like the longer I did this, the more I was struggling with things, like just like being like not sleeping well and not wanting to go into work, and like just feeling like I couldn't put a word to it. Um, but really panicked, really. It was, uh, knowing now, it was, I was really anxious. Um, I didn't know about what, but um, yeah, so I, I did that. I ended up cutting down my hours way down and then only working like a couple of shifts a week. Like, I know quite a bit about mental health because we've had some mental health challenges in my family. Um, so I was kind of aware of that. So they when they started seeing things, they are just like, okay, well, let's you need to cut back on some of your hours and, and stuff like that and take better care of yourself so that's what i started doing and it kind of just like simmered down so then the next summer i I just you know being 18 or 19 and not really caring about stuff i just said oh, i'll quit i quit my job and then went back to camp for the summer <laughs> and and then after camp, like i didn't really have much plan. like i'm not i'm not one of these guys like you know have a five-year plan i just <laughs> i exist and <laughs> they uh uh, so camp ended and I didn't really know what to do. And mom's like, well, when'd you go to Bible college? So i like, okay, fine. <laughs> so that's what I what right did. I just showed up to Bible college and with like my, uh, transcript in my hand and walked in and was like, can I come here? And they are just like, okay. Like, <laughs> that's basically it. And I was like, oh, no, was easy. I don't know, I was stressing out about all these applications and stuff like that. So I went for, um, I signed up and I started going for a semester, first semester there. And that was when I, I hated the school. I didn't like it. It was too (laughs) theology. These, they would talk about things as like absolutes and well, that doesn't happen and this doesn't happen. I was like, but it did happen to me. Hmm. So. What do you mean it doesn't happen? And it was just, you know, and then they gave me this long convoluted answer about this theologian said this. And I was like, okay, that's cool, bro. But I don't know what, like <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, and I wouldn't say I had a crisis of faith, but that was when the anxiety and and, and depression really, really hit me. That was when I had my first anxiety attack. Was when I was at at school, I was living um, dorms, and I just remember just laying down, like curling up in a ball, and just crying, like I couldn't, like I couldn't explain it to people, but I couldn't move, I just sobbed. They didn't know what was going on. Um, so I ended up going back home. I dropped out after the I, I kept I I stuck to a couple courses because I liked them, but I made sure they were like on the same day. And so I could, and then I kind of just stayed at home until the end of the semester. So I, yeah, I dropped out. I, I, and then um, I started working uh, odd jobs, general labor and stuff like that. Um, Mostly in, in, in trades work. And I thought about getting into a trade. I did some welding, metal work, but it just seemed like I was going through this cycle of like I did these depressive episodes. And my doctor at the time, basically, the only thing they did was they would just bump my meds, like they would just increase them. Um, I was never encouraged to, you know, go to therapy, or um, you know, change my diet or my sleeping patterns or um, my my like uh, my exercise levels. I was like, it was all just like, well, just take these meds, and then, and it's not that I'm like against medication. It's just, there's more to um, us as people than our brain chemistry. Yeah. And, and i all, even taking the medication. I remember I had, I had people in the church who were close to me and I was talking to them about some of the stuff I was struggling with. And they told me like point blank, like if you take medication, you're not having faith that God can heal you. Nice. That's good theology. And, and I just, I don't like that was pretty much when I left that church the church that I had started going to in high school. Right. They felt much like an outcast. It was kind of the, uh, the kind of the breaking point for me was I needed support and I needed, um, I didn't really feel like I was getting it. Right. Um, cause I, I looked at it and I was just like, well, this medication is keeping me alive. <laughs> like I was sick right. and so depressed. And it, it took a long time to kind of come back from that, um, like mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So yeah, that was that was a rough time.
1: So I want to get to that, but I do want to go back a little bit to what you were saying when you were in uh, Bible college. So you talked oh. about how you went and they they would talk about like absolutes, right? and your experience was very different. And you said like, Oh, but that has actually happened to me. Can you give examples of exact, like what were they talking about where you were like, eh, not in my experience?
2: Uh, well, we talk about like at camp, it was a fairly, um, like we had a lot of people that came in from different faith backgrounds, like, well, not like Christian faith backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the conversations that I was engaging in with people and things that I was experiencing came from all these kind of different ex- perspectives. And, Uh, one of the things that, you know, the, you know, speaking in tongues, um, you know, kind of those things and like, I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know, but all I know is like, I had some really, really crazy, intense experiences Mm -hmm. and that like, people can't tell me didn't happen because in their theology, those things don't happen. Therefore they don't happen at all. And I'm just like, what? Like, they didn't. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, that's a weird, that's a weird way of looking at it. Um, <laughs> and, and so like, there were, uh, things like that. And just like about how it just really, it really broke the gospel down to this formulaic kind of thing. And it wasn't this love that, you know, God coming down to earth and because he just loved us that much and right. jesus being the it was it was all like making sure you have the, your all your ducks in a row kind of thing and i just wasn't i really just don't think that's what jesus was like all about and i don't and like i clashed a lot with people there and i'm i'm more of like a, an ex exponential person like i you know experience is really big for me and being able to kind of experience things for myself and and seeing things and, and that's really i know that doesn't really necessarily mean I have faith but whatever it was just it was just really like it was just a bad time and so the years where i spent outside of bible college was very um between bible college and kind of my next breakdown was <laughs> basically my life i had these seasons of breakdown um, and that wasn't until uh, a number of years later um i was still working uh, working as like a, a painter and welder like in a machine shop and uh i just had like a another breakdown um i was sick i wasn't sleeping i, I was losing tons of weight which wasn't a terrible thing, but it was like i was just like a mess right. and i ended up having to like i wasn't living at home anymore i was, I was on my own and I ended up moving back home um, because I needed like care if I couldn't even look after myself. Yeah, I was so like just gone. And I'm just like, what is going on? And people were just like, I don't like people who know me are just like, we don't understand. This isn't what they know of me from from camp and from high school and youth group, that this isn't me. These were all the people that were my friends, still my friend circle. So, yeah.
1: how much time was that between uh, when you left Bible College and and that kind of first major breakdown when you were working kind of in the trades?
2: Uh, it was about three years.
1: Okay, and you were saying during that time you were having some pretty regular, basically cycling depressive
2: episodes. Like cycling, like yeah, like I would get pretty low and stuff like that, like every fall or or, or whatnot. But it really um, but I never had like a major crash right? until like three years later. And then at that point I had this crash. I really realized that I didn't want to be a welder. I didn't want to be, in, you know, in the trades because I figured after three years, I should probably be better at it than I was. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just like one of those things where I was like, you know, it's cool. And like, I have all, huge respect. For tradespeople and and stuff like that, like it's you know if you can do it, it's do it. It's not it's not easy work at all. And I'm just it's not that I'm completely mechan, like not mechanically inclined, but I I don't know. I just I don't uh visualize things well. So people would say like, okay, I need you to do like this, and they explain something, and I'm just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Can you draw yeah. me a picture, please? And that was really frustrating for some people. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I too suffer from, uh, I'm spatially afflicted. I don't have any okay. idea. Like, I have, I joke about it with my wife, but yeah, I'll look at a picture and I'm just like, I do, I don't understand what's happening here. Like, I don't understand the directions you're giving me. I don't know what part of the box I'm supposed to be holding. Like, what are, what is this? It just yeah. does not compute. So, yeah. So during those three years when you're you're having those depressive episodes and then it leads to that first major breakdown, you were talking about how some people in your life, specifically in your church, you know, were saying those I'm going to say ridiculous things to you about
0: yeah.
1: um, medication and things like that, and and how yeah. it took you a long time to come back from that. During those three years, how did you kind of understand your faith as these you know mental health challenges were happening to you?
2: Well, my faith really took kind of a back burner it was it was during that period where it was more of something that i did and not necessarily something that was uh like i would go to church on sunday i went to it started going to actually the church i still go to um but like uh i started going there on sundays but you know there were times where um i would show up like so hungover or like just it was it was it was religion at that point Mm -hmm. it was something i did and But why, why did you keep doing it? I guess. I I think it was community. I think I really longed. um, And something that I, I I just got like so much of in my, you know, early Christian life was just a really good community. And that was, you know, through, through youth group and through camp, you know, it's, it's the people that I went to camp with that I'm still friends with. Right. Um, And they uh the importance of just i think i think it was community at the time someone asked me i i don't know because i because i like i'm a christian right right? and that's why i go but like looking back on it it was i there was a part of me that just really longed for community and so that is where i I found it
1: did you find community to be difficult for you though in those times where especially those low times or was community actually something that was not easy but you could see was a really healing thing for you
2: depends how got it how how bad it got right um like if i was uh really down and like especially when the anxiety was really bad then i wouldn't want to go Um, Mm -hmm. but when i was having an okay time Like I would go, and it was not so much easy to to connect with people, but it was really a. I didn't have to like I've been I was I was like those people who, when you know if people ask me like Hey, how you doing? Like I would tell them, (laughs) and And, just like oh whoa okay, (laughs) and like if you're gonna ask like. Get like, ready, get ready. Right. Like this is, you know, and I, I take that view of like, you know, if you're in church, you know, you, someone asks you, how you doing, you expect an answer. And so like, when I <laughs> was like greeting people uh, at church, like I was like, you know, how you doing? Like, I'm okay. And I was like, what do you mean? Are you sure you're okay? And I was, this is not like the regular church greeters here. Right. <laughs> I guess, I, I don't know if I broke an unwritten rule or something like that, but um, that's this, so it was just like, oh, and I just felt it was like good to like just talk, like say stuff, not necessarily look for answers, but just say things like that I was going through. And yeah, it was about this time that I, I think I went to the, my first kind of therapy um, mm-hmm. with a, with a Christian therapist i don't know if it was helpful or not but i went
1: two more questions i have about this so one well it's not even really a question i find it amazing that you found it that you were even able to open up to that degree to people at church when the church that you had to leave you know if you would have been that open or you were that open and you were told you were being a terrible christian because you took medication Like, was that because that community had shown you that they were safe or you were just in such a bad state? It was like,
2: I just got to talk about it. I just didn't care. Hmm. I just, um, and it may have just been a way of me to test the waters and say like, this is it. And I just felt like I could be, I could just be myself in that community. Hmm. And, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and so I was. I didn't have to be polished, and um, or polished. I don't know how it's. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's pronounced polished. All right. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of where I just yeah I just threw it out there, and people oh. accepted me.
1: And you said too during this time, these three years, that you know, faith it kind of became like a religion. It was on the back burner. When you reflect back on that, is that because? so much of your energy was just taken up with surviving and you know a focusing my, on that
2: a lot of my, yeah a lot of my energy was taken up kind of just existing and but i also had a job like for a majority of those three years i was working as a rigger building cell phone towers and so i spent a lot of my time on the road mm. um and it was kind of job where i would show up on a monday expecting to be doing something locally and the boss was like do you have a bag with you <laughs> like no why like, are well, you going to like Sault saint Marie for a couple of weeks Wow okay okay I'll go when am I leaving it's like well I'll go home like get some stuff in order like and come back and you'll know, you'll drive up like later today or something like that and I'm like okay right and I'd have to switch you know like to go home I'd have to you know, change appointments that I made for, like a dentist or a doctor or things I'd signed up to be a part of the- church or something like that like i was still like doing stuff with church but it, so like I think, like I was just doing things with church I think that I like the community there mm-hmm. but you know I would was missing so much of it just being on the road all the time and then I got a job where I was a lot more like Monday to Friday night like during the week and that's when I I was working there for about a year when I had my my next major like major breakdown and uh home but that was when i really was like this isn't what i want to do and i decided i wanted to work with kids like i did when i was at camp Hmm. and that's when i started working at an organization called ray of hope okay right so that's where i kind of met you sort of yes Um, no i actually met you where did i meet you
1: yeah i was trying to think of this too actually i I couldn't remember at the branches was
2: it? That's Stephen Deb's house.
1: Yeah, might have been Yeah. yeah. Have been, I, I There's like five different ways I thought I could have met you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was uh, so that's so I started working at Ray of Hope in a jail for young offenders. And that's where I really like my whole concept of like Jesus really was like radically. Changed, hmm. and um, you know, I grew up in a small town where like 101 percent of the people are white, and <laughs> uh, and and you know, they look like me and talk like me, and you know, you you, you um, everybody goes to church and 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 all these things, and you know, I didn't I didn't know anyone who was gay, I didn't know anyone who was like addicted to drugs or alcohol. I didn't know anyone who had like really committed a crime mm-hmm. you know, other than getting like a speeding ticket. Like, I don't know, like I didn't know any of the stuff. And then I started working at this organization and being, and just seeing these kids and hearing their stories. And I realized like, holy crap, I had it so good, right? Like hearing some of these stories these kids and like reading their files and, and looking into their histories, like I probably would have been in here, too, if I had that Mm -hmm. life, but I didn't. And it really, like, so, like, those concepts, like, like, you know, people who are gay and people, you know, like, going to a fairly conservative church, like, there was, you know, this is what those people are, right? And then I was, like, I started working with people, started working with different colleagues, different, all these different things, and I was, like, this is not my, the way that I, like, understood this. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really just opened my eyes to the kind of the, all, like, how powerful grace can be and how, um, like, love is and God's love for people. And it it was, it was such a kind of a freeing experience. And so I I worked with this organization, I worked at this jail for like two years and then um, a new program opened up called Youth 180, uh, which was an addictions program. And uh, I was encouraged to apply to work there because of my experience and because of just my personality, uh, my abilities with for relationship. And so I did, and I didn't know anything about like addiction or substance misuse or anything like that and i remember um i was talking to, i was doing my interview i was talking to the program director glennis uh, who you know quite well yep. and yeah and uh she's awesome by the way she's listening to this yeah she's i'm great. sure she is <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna send it to her um and she's just like well what do you think about like harm reduction and I'm just like, what's that?
0: <laughs> nice, yes.
2: And and she's like, oh, and then she's like, well, it would be like, you know, I think she said, well, it would be like giving people like clean needles so that they don't like, contract HIV. Um, and taking, and I was like, well, that kind of makes sense to me. That sounds all right. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> good answer.
2: Yeah, I was like, because I was, I didn't know. And then they're just like and i was only applying for like a part-time position there right and then they call me up and they're like we want to offer you a full-time position and i'm just like what like i felt so dumb like dumb and then right. and i was like okay so i took it and uh i, I just remember like when we like we started It's a, it was a, a residential program for for youth and with addictions issues. And, and so before we actually started getting kids into the program, we had to, like, make the program. We had a, a house, a, like a building. And then so we met there and all the staff got came in and were hired and stuff like that. And it was, we were all going around the table and they're all like t- telling them about ourselves and stuff like that. And everyone's talking about how the, you know, they have the bachelor's in this and PhD, not PhD, but like master's in this. And all this kind of stuff and then it like gets to me and i'm just like well i have like a half a semester of bible college um (laughs) and that's about it but i was like but around the table i had the actual most youth work experience Uh -uh. and because i worked in the jail i'd worked at camp i'd volunteered doing stuff and it was just like okay like i can see this so during my time there, that's like, you know, I, I really started to see, working with these kids, I really started to see the ideas of like um, generational trauma and how, I forget where it is in the Bible, but it talks about how like the sins of the father, like passed down to the son and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I didn't quite, I remember reading it at one point and being like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem fair to me. Right. And I know it's in the Old Testament. I'm not right. I, I don't have a full semester of Bible college. <laughs> that but,
1: was in the second part that you
2: missed. Yeah. Yeah. was in the part I missed. But it was like, okay. But then I started thinking, I was like, this is trauma. Like, this, like, that's what trauma is. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what generational trauma is. And, and it's not like, it's where, you know, things get just passed on from generation to generation to generation because that's, you know, we are all products of our environment. And it's until someone decides that, oh, like, this behavior isn't right. I shouldn't do this. And mm-hmm. then it changes. But when you don't know, like, if that's just the way you've been brought up and the way you were raised, and the way your parents are raised and the way their parents are raised, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it's wrong. It just seems that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. So it was like working with the kids where I really kind of started to see that aspect and the importance of, uh, like, you know, talking about things and dealing with things. And I started, I went back to school in 2015. 2015, I became like a fully registered psychotherapist. But you know, between that time, I got married I had our first child, but before my first kid was born, I was at work and I, I uh it because so this is about like 10 years almost eight years maybe eight years since my last major breakdown and i had another one and um i just i remember i walked into my boss glenis's office and i said i can't do this anymore like i don't know how long i can do this i don't know like and she's like like what's wrong and i just like well, like i just wasn't mess. um I didn't know either. But, you know, I was, I think a lot of it was like um, compassion fatigue and vicarious trauma. And working with that population, as you are well aware, it is, um, working with youth in and of itself is really difficult. Working with youth who are, you know, actively addicted to substances is you know, like all a whole all the kind of ball, ball of wax, right? So, I just had this like breakdown and I went home. I was off for several months of work. Don't want to talk about dealing with the insurance company. <laughs> mm. Yeah, sure. That was, cause, cause that was traumatizing in and of itself. Yeah. Nothing like having, you know, them call you a liar. I just like, and it was, it was really like, so the whole time that my wife and I had known each other, um, she had never seen need depressed like I talked to her and I was very open about like yeah this is a thing I struggle with I take these meds for it but like she never really understood it or or really thought and then she did and she was like six months pregnant wow and I'm just like not sleeping not eating you know if I I would just like curl up on the couch and just read a book like all day that's all I do I just read Mm -hmm. I read the entire Game of Thrones series
1: that's a, that's a big, it's
2: a big series during the during this this period because that's like all i could do right um it was yeah it was i was like really sick and uh but it was uh i but i felt so but it, so like a year later i just remember um i'm back at work life is going down and it was really the um it was when robin williams died i something hit me and I was just like, I was actually sitting at, I think, a Narcotics Anonymous meeting with uh, some of my clients. And I was just like, we need this, but for like mental health things. Hmm. Um, so I, I went to my pastor and was like, I got this idea. I kind of want to start a support group for people with mental illness struggles. Mm-hmm. and I want to make it anonymous group. Is it cool if I run it like and use a room in the church? And he's like, okay, cool. I'm like, can I make an announcement about it? And he's like, sure, absolutely. And I felt really like, oh, that's awesome, really loved and supported. And, and, and I was like, cool. So I, I remember I was really nervous, but I like, I just got up. It's like, we have an announcement from Ryan. Like, I'm Ryan and I have depression. And I just kind of like let it sit for a minute. And it was like, dead quiet. Mm-hmm. And it's usually like, it's a fairly big congregation and there's lots of uh, little kids and stuff like that, but it was like dead quiet. And I was like, so I'm starting a support group for anyone else who struggles with stuff. And we're going to meet and it's totally anonymous. We just show up and we'll have coffee and, and some snacks and we'll just talk. And we won't try and like, even though I'm a therapist, I am not your therapist. And we're just gonna support each other and talk and find ways to just be with each other in, in, in the darkness. And uh, yeah, I did that. We did that for about a year and it was really cool. I'm still in contact with some people in the group. Um, but then, you know, it just, life got, we got busy and we ended up moving and that was a whole thing. That, back in kw now um but it was really just a uh yeah it was i just felt so like bringing up issues with like mental health and stuff like that it wasn't wasn't taboo for me in in, in that in that church in that space and it brought people out brought a lot of people out hmm. to finally start talking about some of these things um because you know, we see it on TV a lot about like the stigma and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, like the stigma in sports and things like that about about these things and well let's talk and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, oh try talking about this in a church, man. Like like you are like mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You'll mm-hmm. get you'll get hit with all these verses about just give your anxiety to God and all that stuff and mm-hmm. We're like we well, i'll pray for you and then cool but like anything else like
0: <laughs> that's our show for today special thanks to mark Calvitis for the podcast cover art this podcast deals with some pretty serious topics if you are struggling with your mental health or are thinking about suicide please reach out to a trusted friend or some other person you know loves and cares for you there are also professional supports available Please go online and visit Crisis Services Canada to find the distress centers and crisis organizations nearest you or call the Canada Suicide Prevention Service at 1-833-456-4566. They are available to talk 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you're under 29, the Kids Help Phone has professional counselors available to provide confidential and anonymous care. Call them toll free at 1-800-668-668. 6868, six, eight, or text the word connect to 686868. Six, eight, six, eight. If you have any questions, feedback, or suggestions about today's or any other episode, please email podcastdarkly21 at gmail.com. If you appreciate and enjoy this podcast, please subscribe or give it a rating on whichever podcast app you use, since apparently that makes it more likely other people will find it. Finally, because it's always good to end with a blessing, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. As always, thanks for listening.